Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma, you may find us at healingwithworth.org. Welcome to Healing with Worth. I'm Naomi. We are going to excuse Cherilyn because it is summer and we're all trying to get in as much fun as we can before school starts again. So, so today's episode, we wanted to dive into some of the listener questions that we have received. And so we're just going to kind of move through some of these and hopefully we answer them as helpful as we can. And some of them are some of them are very personal kind of decisions, but we'll definitely do our best to give to give our opinions. Again, just remembering that we're not professionals. We're just women who have been working on our own healing and want to offer hope and healing. So these would be some, also some good questions to bring to your therapist, your personal therapist uh, that you're working with and your worth counselor, if you are a member of worth. So with that said, the first question that we wanted to talk about today is how to move on beyond our unsalvageable marriages. So this is a great question and it's a hard one as well because it's going to look so different for everybody. Janine, what are your thoughts on on this like initially? So what I'm hearing from that question is that this listener is realizing that the marriage is unsalvageable and then how does she move on? Right. So that could mean many different things. That could mean divorce. That could mean moving forward in your own healing. There's a lot of interpretations. That's why it's like, it's kind of an open, we can take it in any direction, you know, so we could address both of them, you know. How I interpreted that was whether or not I should move on. Yeah. Well, and it could be. Yeah. Well, and that, that could you, we could address that as well. I think we can take this in all those directions because I'm sure that there are, I'm sure that that is one of those, you know, one of those questions as well. Like, how do I get out of this unsalvageable marriage? Or how do I stay in this marriage, but still move forward? Or what do I do? <laughs> so. I think what comes to mind for me is what I've heard my group therapists say and Marie say is that this is this is a really a personal decision between you and God and if divorce is an option or it is something that you feel would be helpful to your healing then it probably should be considered but it's so personal and you have to get confirmation from God that this is the right decision for you. I remember our therapist talking to other women about this in our group 
And for those of you who don't know, Naomi and I were in the same birth group for quite a while. But I remember her saying that she, that they had to, to go to God for this answer. And then they had to write the answer down. If, if divorce was something that was going to be, was going to be a decision that you make, that you made, you know, that you've, you've asked God and you've been released from this marriage that it, she highly recommended you writing it down because Satan in your moments of weakness would torture you like, like nothing else about this decision, because it's not something that women want. I don't think for the most part, they really want their marriage to heal, but there's two people involved in a marriage in this partnership and you don't really have control over the other person. And so you have to kind of move forward with what is helpful for you in your, with your emotional well-being. Right. Yeah. I think, I think along with that is, I think sometimes we put a lot of, and, and maybe this is culturally, but I think we put a lot of, of weight in the ask God, ask God, ask God, you know, which is absolutely necessary. I think the part that we miss, we often miss, is that study it out in your mind and in your heart and take that to God and ask God if this be right, you know. And so um, not saying that women don't do that, right? Because I, I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's not something that women want. We don't want to divorce, you know. Children definitely make that decision harder and we agonize over it. I mean, it is not a decision that has come to flippantly or easily, you know. It is certainly something that takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of decision making and it takes a lot of consideration especially if you have kids, you know. Maybe maybe if you don't have kids, it's a little bit easier because you don't have to include you don't have to include that additional piece in your decision making process. But when you do have kids, that makes the decision all that much more difficult to to be able to come to and to be able to determine, you know, what's going to be best for them in the long run, you know. And and so it it's definitely something that has to be studied out in your mind and in your heart and then taken to God and and ask God for for that confirmation or or a different, you know, whatever his answer might be. And so. I think it's important to remember that as well, that God certainly can answer our prayers, but we have to do our part in that process as well of, of studying it out and deciding, you know, what's going to be best for, for everybody and how this is going to work out. So it certainly isn't an easy decision to come to for sure. And it's so personal for everybody because everybody's situation varies so much, you know, in terms of what kinds of abuse and what kinds of things and constitute the marriage, you know. And I think if there's progression in a marriage that I'm certainly more apt to continue my work, but recovery work takes a lot of effort on both person's part. And so if you're not willing to do that work yourself, then it it may be, you know, you may have to make a decision because it, it takes a lot of recovery work on my part in order to stay married. Yeah. So 
And that's that part for me when I think about like how to move how to move beyond our unsalvageable marriages. That's that other part where I think, okay, so so at, like for me at this particular moment in time, it seems as if my marriage is unsalvageable. Now, I haven't I haven't come to the decision that divorce is the right answer for me right now and that, you know, and that's fine, but I am still working my own recovery. I am still working on progressing myself and getting myself to a place where I am as healthy as I can be for myself and for my children and that I have safety and that I have space. So while we're separated, you know, we're still, we're still married, you know, in, in legality, you know, we're still married and, and I do everything that I can to take care of myself and my children and make sure that we're all healthy and we're all doing well, you know, and, and that for me is moving beyond my unsalvageable marriage. You know, it's not necessarily that I am, that I've decided divorce is the answer because it's unsalvageable. Well, that just means that right now we're not in a place that we can have a healthy relationship. And so I'm going to keep doing what I can to maintain myself as a healthy individual and my children as healthy individuals and, and continue forward in that direction. And maybe there will come a time when God does say, you know what, it probably is the right choice, you know, or maybe, maybe, maybe things will change and my husband will be able to do what is needed to be able to see the consistency in effort and in, and in safety that is needed to be able to have a safe marriage, you know, but at the moment, it's one of those things where we just keep moving forward, you know, ourselves until we get that release from God. And that, and that's kind of one of those things that you've, you know, if, if you don't know that marriage is the right or divorce is the right answer, then that just means you need to continue moving forward yourself and working on your own healing and give it to God, basically, you know, just let, let your marriage go to God and you just do the work for you and you focus on you. And I think that's, that's where I'm at right now is, is my focus is on maintaining my recovery and my healing and continuing in my healing to be able to, to be the healthiest me that I can be amidst the, all of this. And that's kind of where I'm at too. I, I need to see that he's willing to invest in the marriage as much as I am before, before we're going to have a healthy marriage. You know, I just, I just feel that that's kind of where I'm at as well as I'm becoming the healthiest version of myself. And at some point in time, it will become very obvious to me, I think, that the marriage will or will not survive. And just trust God that the that the timing of that will be right for me, right? Because I will be willing to accept whatever whatever crossroads you know I come to. I'll be able to accept that as the best decision for me, right? And that's yeah, that and that's where I'm at. Like I feel like no matter what happens, I know that I'll be okay. And and I think yeah. that. I think that's a point that you have to get to. I don't want to say that you have to get to. That's just a point that you get to in your healing when 
when you you can really grasp the understanding that as long as you're as long as you're holding to your covenants with God, he is going to take care of you. And, and, and when I say covenants, I don't want that to be misinterpreted as the marriage covenant, because you're in, in most of these situations that has already been severed. Yeah. That's already been, somebody else has already broken that covenant. And so I'm not talking about that, but, but in terms of all of your other personal individual covenants, when you are a covenant keeping woman, you have, you have power and you have God's power and God's strength and God's grace to be with you and to help you no matter what happens. And so that's when I say, no matter what happens, I will be okay. No matter if, if it does, you know, if, if divorce, that ends up being what happens, I will be okay. And it's not that that road will not be hard. Right. It's just, I think internally you'll have peace about the decision. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if this helps much, but the best we can do. We're just women in recovery. We're not experts at all. And you are the expert of your own situation. I'm the expert of my own situation. So. But, but it is a common question. Yeah. I think therapists and Maurice gets a lot about, you know, how do, how, how long do, should I be waiting this out? How do I wait until I know? Yeah. Well, it's hard. It is a hard decision. There's so many components at play. So many things you have to consider and women in their, with their complex brain, really think about it. I think. Yeah, how that's going to affect and impact everybody, including herself, including you know her children, and it's just not an easy decision. So, yeah, not at all, not at all. And so, it, it's a valid question, and it's such a personal question, which makes it that much harder to answer. You know, there isn't there isn't a cut and clear answer. There isn't a black and white answer to it. It's because it's just so varied. But hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully what we were able to discuss gave a little bit of, of clarity to the process. Maybe it just, it just makes it, just makes it hard. So have you been working your own recovery for a while, but feel like you keep getting stuck in the same place? Do you feel like you need a few more tools and someone to keep you accountable each week? If that sounds like you, then you should consider joining us in our 12-week coaching class called Worth Rising. My name is Hallie Roderick, and I am a certified life coach, and I focus on helping women gain more tools as they work through betrayal trauma. In Worth Rising, we help you take a closer look at what things might be holding you back from creating the life you want to live post-betrayal. You will learn tools to help you honor your emotions, recognize and respond to triggers while maintaining your dignity, get clear on where shame might be showing up and learn to have self-compassion. We help you discover your strengths and learn to trust yourself after betrayal so that you can move forward with confidence and clarity. If you want to know more about Worth Rising, you can find information on our website, healingwithworth.org under the more tab, or feel free to email us at worth at lifechangingservices.org with any questions that you might have. 
So we have one other question that we wanted to um, address in this episode. And so we're going to shift gears a little bit here. And the next question that we got from a listener was, how do you get a therapeutic disclosure when your husband's therapist is against doing it? So this one is interesting. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Janine? Yeah, a couple things come to mind. First of all, I wonder if this therapist is trained in sexual addiction and betrayal trauma. I would I would want to know why there's he recommends no disclosure because when I look at the model of recovery with honesty being the first step this allows the addict to be honest with himself. And take responsibility. With Yep, take responsibility and be honest with himself and his spouse yeah. about his sexually acting out behaviors, the hidden behaviors that he's, he's lied about, that, that the spouse is unaware of. So I guess I'm kind of curious as to why a therapist would not recommend that. Now, there might be a situation where the addict is not prepared to do that, and the timing may not be right, but I guess I'm curious as to to why the therapist would be recommending that when it seems to be pretty a pretty common process, pretty common step in the process of recovery for both the individual and the marriage. So, so I guess I would set a boundary around that, especially if you were feeling that that really needed to happen for yourself in order for you to move forward in the marriage. I would be setting a boundary around that. Like in order for me to move forward in the marriage, I need to have a disclosure, but all women don't need a disclosure. I personally felt like I needed one. I needed to see the scope of what had been going on. I needed to see the scope of how things had progressed. I needed to see the scope of a lot of things to get a clearer picture of what I was dealing with personally. So for me, that was an absolutely, an absolute necessary step for us to be able to move forward. Yeah. If he wasn't going to offer that for me, then I needed to make a different decision. Like I likely would not have given this marriage a second chance in that regard. So, yeah. And, and you're right when you say that some women, some women prefer not to have that full disclosure. But when I, when I think about a full disclosure, I feel like it's, it's something not just so it's it definitely for for those women who feel like they need that as part of, you know, to help them to move forward in their healing. It's also I feel like it's also something like you look at any 12 step group that 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 men would attend for addiction and disclosure is part of that writing down your history of of mis misbehavior, you know of acting out behavior and that that's part of that process. So just, and, and it's, it's kind of a part of that process also of repentance, you know, not saying that it's about repentance in this particular situation and a full therapeutic disclosure, but it, it certainly is a step forward in their own healing 
and your own healing if you need it. I know that that's something that I feel is important because I think there are some things that that I am unaware of, you know, and it's a process that can take some time. I, I've been waiting, gosh, I don't even know how long, you know, and his therapist is like, well, he's not ready for to do it yet, you know. And so that's something that depending on the person, it might take some time, you know, to be able to do it without giving excuses and taking full responsibility, you know, and being able to, to say what it, you know, to say what it all is and to have it all out there. And so it can be a long process, a difficult thing for them to do. And one of the things that I wonder is sometimes I've seen where a husband's interpretation of what their therapist thinks is very different than what is actually said. And so part of me wonders if maybe the therapist was like, that's not something we're going to focus on right now. And maybe that was interpreted as my therapist says, we're not going to do this. This isn't a good idea, you know, where it could be something where the therapist is like, no, we have to get some sobriety first. Cause I know that in disclosures, or at least in the things that I have listened to about disclosures, they say, it's good to get some sobriety first before you go to a disclosure, because once you've got some sobriety, then you're able to take more, more accountability for and be more honest in that disclosure process. So I am curious to know if that was how the husband interpreted it, where the therapist said, not now, but the husband thought not ever, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And so that would be something worth investigating. Like if, did you hear it from the therapist's mouth? Because that could just be an interpretation. And if it was correct, if that was the case, I'm I'm with you, Janine. You know, I would question if this person is able to do the kind of work that needs to be done to, to heal a marriage, you know, to help work on the marriage aspect of it once you get through the, the acting out process or part of it, you know, so I would definitely question the credentials of that particular therapist if, if it was completely off the table or offer them some, some information about why a therapeutic disclosure is so helpful for both the addict and the, the betrayed, you know, so. So what I'm hearing is that to get clarification on whether or not that really was what the therapist said some way or another. If it is, then maybe look at the credentials that he or she has to know whether or not they're trained in sexual addiction and betrayal trauma, because that's a really important component. If they are not trained in that, then likely therapy or counseling will be ineffective and sometimes possibly even more damaging because they're not trained specifically to address it from the lens of betrayal and trauma. And, and then that can in turn cause you a lot more damage, a lot more trauma. Yeah. It's, and it's, they call, they call it therapy induced trauma. (laughs) When you have somebody who doesn't understand the ins and outs of betrayal and addiction, but they're they, not to say that they aren't doing the best that they can, 
But when you have somebody who is inexperienced in that, it it definitely can bring some therapy-induced trauma because, you know, if you're trying to get somebody to connect with a person that's unsafe to connect with, you know, then they're they're continue they're perpetuating the cycle of abuse in that in that connection and pushing for that connection pushing to connect with a person who's not safe to connect with you know and so that's why i feel like it's so important to to interview the therapist and and feel free to fire your therapist you know like if it's not if it's not working if it's not helping i mean i've been before i found worth we we went to like at least two different therapists that that did nothing there was no help it it just made it worse they weren't willing to even talk about the pornography addiction that it was like that wasn't even a problem and i'm like that is the that is the main problem in in my relationship it's not it's not something that i can just get over you know and it's something that is is breaking this marriage down little by little. And so by having therapists who weren't even willing to even talk about that as an issue, that just made it that much harder or, or to, you know, there are therapists that just, that want to make you okay with it, you know, like something that you're not, yeah, they want to normalize it and tell you you're crazy, you know, so there's even more therapy induced trauma. So it's so important to make sure that the therapists that you work with understand addiction and betrayal, because that's where you're going to get your best support is from a therapist who understands both ends of it and can really heal that trauma rather than create more of it. And that's where you know, this, if you're with a therapist who's like, no disclosures, none of that, you just need to connect, you know, that's where you're like, whoa, let's back up here. Yeah, they're not understanding the psychological abuse that happens in a relationship, too, that where where pornography is hidden from the spouse, there's a lot of psychological damage that, that happens over the course of many, many years. And so connecting with this individual who's not safe is, is really not. Yeah. It just induces more of that trauma, especially if, especially if the behavior is continuing, you know, they're not going to address the behavior and they're going to try and normalize it and push you to accept it and, and connect with that person. It's just, it's just creating more trauma that you have to somehow wrap your mind around at some point in time, you know, when you come to that realization that this is just more and more painful, you know? And so anyways, again, it's one of those things that it's such a, such a big question to be able to answer easily, but hopefully we did an okay job of addressing it in just our, our own opinions and our own understanding of, of the, therapy and in our own experiences yeah Yeah. what we've heard I'm wondering I'm kind of curious and it's too bad we don't have Cherilyn with us today but to get her opinion about this but I'm wondering you know what situations might not warrant a disclosure right for myself I, I can't even imagine what that would look like but I think it would be hard hard for me to do yeah, and that's where the question is difficult because 
everybody's so different. You know, some people are like, I need to know, I need to know all of this stuff, you know, and sometimes they want to know more than, than, than will be healthy for them to know, you know, and then some people are like, nope, I don't want to know anything. I would rather not know anything. Let's just move forward and keep going. And that's totally okay too, because that that's what they need to heal. You know, they don't want to know all that. They don't want to have that, you know, knowledge and that's totally fine. They don't have to, they don't have to do that. But that still is something that I think with their, with the addicted in that situation, the addicted part of their own recovery, I feel like is still giving a full disclosure to somebody who will hear it. Now that may not, maybe their wife doesn't want to hear it, but maybe that's giving it to the counselor or giving it to a 12 step group member or whatever the case may be. You know, I think that's an important piece in their healing process as well. There's a, there's a podcast, the illuminate podcast. There's an episode on there with a therapist who Jeff Stewart, and he does a podcast with another gentleman talking two episodes, talking about full disclosures. So if you want to hear more in-depth detail about full disclosures and why they're so important, he is a professional and I feel like they do a really good job explaining um, that therapeutic disclosure process and, and why it's so important. So maybe that's something that you could share, you know, if you're in the situation where your husband's therapist has said, or sure that this wouldn't, this is, a, he's against doing it. Maybe sharing that episode with him, with your husband's therapist would open their eyes from another professional's perspective to be able to say, okay, I can see now why this is important. Maybe we can work towards doing this or provide a resource that, that will be able to make that happen for you. So, but like Janine said earlier, if this is something that you feel passionately about having to be able to move forward. It's certainly something that you can set a boundary around. It's something where you can say, maybe, you know, I will be willing to do marriage therapy when we have a full disclosure. You know, once we have that full disclosure, that's when we can start working towards healing the marriage and, and moving forward that way. So, and, and, or it can be, you know, that's just one idea. There's so many different boundaries that you can have around it. You know, you, that's, that's a personal thing that you get to decide, you know, what's your boundary going to be and how is that going to look for you? What's, what's going to create safety for you? So. And it's been helpful for me to educate myself about what his recovery should kind of look like, kind of the process that it should look like. That way it kind of gives me a roadmap of what to expect in certain stages and, you know, when it might be more safe for me to, to move forward in, in healing and the marriage, because there does seem to be some work that needs to happen, you know, on his part in particular, but certainly there's things that you can do to help with that process of, of healing the marriage, so. Yeah. Well, we hope this has been helpful to our listeners today. One of those one of those conversations that is really difficult for us to answer because we just don't have experience with your particular situation, but hopefully we've given some some principles to 
consider. Consider, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org, to enroll in a therapist-led support group or to check out our blog. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or wherever you may listen, or simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for a new episode because you are worth it.